If you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to ask that you take them and turn to, to Psalm chapter 42. As you're turning to that, Cindy and I a couple of weeks ago had the opportunity of, of being at general counsel, and uh, in that setting, we had a chance to, to meet together with a number of different friends that we've created through the years and around the nation, and, and uh, some of them had served with us when we were district youth directors in different places. Uh, one of those families has, has been asked to serve as the superintendent of the district that they are in, and when we went out to dinner with them, I... I, I have known this man for a long time and his wife, and they just really seemed discouraged, and we began to talk to them. And uh, he, he had told me that he said, in our network, in our district, we have seen a 25% decrease in churches since COVID. He said, 25% of the churches in our district closed and are no longer even in existence. He said, we are struggling right now to try to find pastors that are qualified to pastor the churches that we have. He said, I had no idea when I was elected into this role the difficulty that it would be in, in dealing with the issues that come our way. We discovered that same conversation taking place again and again and again, and we begin to recognize that overcoming discouragement is something that each and every one of us have to do from time to time. I know that there are things that happen in our own lives, and, and in this church, we have a number of different people that are in different stages of schooling, getting ready to go into ministry, and some of you that want to be pastors, and, and I tell each of them, you need to understand that if you're going to go into pastoral ministry, then you need to understand what it means to carry the burdens of the people you serve, because every time that there's a call about a new cancer diagnosis, we carry that with you. Every time there's a call about a stress that's taking place in marriages, we carry that with you. Every time there's a call or a prayer at the altar about, can you pray with us about our, our wayward children or, or about things that are going on in families, we carry that burden with you. Whenever there's an unexpected time of grief, we grieve with you. Whenever there are things that take place that cause financial pressures in your home and, and we begin to pray with you about those things, you need to know that we carry that with you. We, we carry that burden with you. And, and all of these issues that I just mentioned, I have had calls about within just the last two weeks here within our church. It is, it is easy to live in places of discouragement. I mentioned earlier this summer that as we've been focusing on the Psalms and focusing on the Proverbs, that the Psalms have a way of identifying every condition that we face in humanity and then bringing them into the light so that God can begin to address them in our lives and then give us some guidance for them. And into all of the reasons that any of us may have today to be discouraged or depressed, the Word of God speaks. The Word of God speaks. If you have your Bibles, Psalm 42.5, I want to I focus on this verse, but actually we're going to be looking at, at two chapters there, and I'm going to do it very, very briefly today because I want us at the end to, to sing songs of victory over this discouragement in our lives. Psalm 42.5 says, Why so downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. 
Lord, you know, as you have already spoken through the manifestation of your spirit in words of encouragement and words of prophecy, you know the very things that we are facing. You know our families. You know our life. You know our work life. You know our occupations. You know the struggles and the prayers that we have. You know the promises that we hang on to. And as we begin to focus on this, we also understand the weight of discouragement that sometimes seems to weigh upon our shoulders. And I pray that you would unlock your truth today in such a way that we would learn to overcome the discouragement and the depression and the things that we face as we apply your word to it. And so we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Chapters 42 and 43 of Psalm, really, there, there should have been no division between the two because as you read those two psalms, they are the same theme, they're the same word, probably were the same song that was written, and they really belong together because there is a dominating question that takes place in both of these psalms, and it's found three different times. The psalms, in fact, are organized around this question, why so downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? And that question is repeated in chapter 42, verse 5, and chapter 42, verse 11, and chapter 43, verse 5. It's a, it's a psalm for people that are going through discouraging times. How many of you feel this might be appropriate for you today? I look around this room, and there are hands all over. And if the hands aren't raised today, I can tell you that there will come a time in your life as you are walking with the Lord, when you are going to have to face discouragement and the depression that comes. I hope that this psalm has two applications for you, that the Lord will use it for some of you, and some, and some of you are going, man, I was, I was really in a good mood till you started reading that today. You know, I, I came in joyful, and I was excited, and then you hit that, and I'm like, oh, you know. Well, listen. If this doesn't apply to you today because of the joy of the Lord and everything is going so well in your life, hallelujah. But we live life in a roller coaster. And there will come a moment in time when the roller coaster goes down. And the joy that you may feel today will be replaced by, how did I go so low so fast? If that's the case, then let this be a deposit into your spirit so that you can maintain an even keel when you get to those places. And for those of you that are going through moments in your life today where you feel lonely and you're discouraged, I pray that the Lord will encourage you today. There's a fascinating introduction as you look at your scripture that says to us that for the director of music, a mascal for the sons of Korah. I loved looking at this because this indicated to me that there were worship teams before ours came on the scene. The sons of, of, of Korah were a worship team that regularly sang into the temple and they regularly wrote words. And a mascal simply means words of wisdom or words that enlighten. In other words, there's something about the songs that they wrote anointed by the Holy Scripture, Holy Spirit, that brings wisdom to our life or enlightens us. And so it's called a mascal, and there were levels of discouragement that were mentioned as we go through this chapter today. The first discouragement that the psalmist records here is one of separation. One of the causes of discouragement in our lives is spiritual in nature. If you have been a Christian for any length of time, you probably have gone through a season where you feel dry in your spirit. 
You're going, I don't know why and I don't know what happened. I just know that at one day I was joyful and the next day I felt as if the presence of the Lord has been removed completely from my life. I don't know where the feeling went. I don't know what happened there. And, and just like a summer sun on a lawn begins to dry it out and turn it brown, so our souls can feel that same burning sensation that takes place when the weight of the world begins to weigh upon us and we feel in those moments as if the presence of the Lord has been removed from us. And we go through a dry season, and it's described for us in verses 1 and 2. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants for you, O God. When can I meet with you, O God? Some of you today have discovered that your souls are desperately thirsty for the presence of the living God. And oftentimes when discouragement hits our life, it's at unexpected times. And, and the first thing that we feel in those moments is if God has turned his back on us, we feel cut off from God. Now we know, being that most of us here today are believers and followers of Jesus Christ, that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. However, knowing something in your head and feeling it in your heart is two different things. Any of you believe me? Any of you ever been there? He's saying, I know something to be true, but boy, I certainly don't feel that to be true right now. In fact, when things take place in our lives that cause us discouragement or disappointment or, or depression, it, the first thing that happens is it becomes very difficult to pray. It's as if we say, I, I don't even have the energy inside of me to bring this to you, Lord. I feel so dry in my spirit and when we pray, oftentimes it's, Lord, what is happening? Or, Lord, I don't sense you near. Or, where are you, O oh God? We thirst for God and we want him to show up in a personal way and to assure us that everything is going to be okay. But in dry seasons, it is easy to be discouraged. Because we often think that when God shows up and his presence shows up, what's going to happen is that he will banish all the sadness from our life. He will remove all of the disappointment and that he will fill us with a rich joy. And the psalmist sees that he's not only separated from God, but that he also is separated from others as well when he tells us in verse 4, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. I'm speaking to you today that are watching online, that are not yet here. Maybe you haven't had the opportunity to come. Maybe there are things taking place in your, line, but in your life, but you feel isolated as you're watching this, whether it be in your living room or wherever it may be, and you so long to be in the presence of the congregation. You used to love to go to church. You used to love the worship and the fellowship. And maybe you're not able to be here because you're just not healthy enough to come. Maybe the distance has removed you from being here and you've moved away, yet you want to join us so you do so online. Maybe there's a work schedule that has prevented you from coming. Or maybe, as I know is the case with many people, maybe you are stuck at home because you're caring for a loved one 
They can't be here. And now you find yourself isolated and you're missing the excitement of live worship and you're missing the way that God speaks to you through the manifestations of his spiritual gifts when you're sitting there. You miss the joy of conversations with your church family and seeing all of the new people and there you are listening to the word of God but feeling so isolated and so separated from what's happening. And there are really two kinds of loneliness when you think about it. There's the loneliness of being cut off from people. And then there's the loneliness of missing out on the great moments that take place when you're not together with them. And the psalmist here is describing, I miss being with people. I miss the festivals. I miss the excitement. And I feel so cut off from all of that. And maybe today you're here, either in the sound of my voice or in this room, and you're feeling the homesickness of separation. I was on Facebook this week watching as a number of my friends were dropping kids off at college for the very first time. The kids were smiling and the parents were crying. Maybe there's students that are here today and you're here for the very first time as you've been dropped off as a college student and you're looking for a home church and you're sitting here and you're thinking, you know, I'm, I'm so glad to be on my own, but this is way different than my home and I'm here, but I'm feeling a little isolated. I'm feeling a little self-conscious, I'm f- feeling as if this is, this is not home yet and I'm, I'm a little lonely here, then let me tell you that we will welcome you and we will love you. We would love to make this home for you. I also know that those parents that are crying when they're dropping their kids off, a couple weeks later they're going to be smiling and their kids are going to run out of money and they'll be crying. <laughs> those things seem to come full circle. But oftentimes, some of our discouragement comes from the isolation of loneliness. The second reason that he gives for being discouraged is that there's apparently been a defeat within the psalmist's life. Every one of us can speak from experience in knowing the separation that we feel when we have disappointed God. When there are besetting sin within our life, And we know what it feels like that because of dumb decisions that we make, things that we never intended to do, things we promised God that we wouldn't do anymore, and yet as we face that, we feel that spiritual defeat and and we feel the separation because we think God can never love me again. By the way, that's a lie from Satan. Our God is a redeeming God. Maybe you felt that because of the mocking nature of those around you that know that you have a testimony for Christ, but somehow in the middle of a spiritual defeat, they look at you and they make fun of you. As you begin to focus on your defeats in life, the enemy finds opportunities to point fingers. And verses 3 and 10 of chapter 42 says, the enemies were looking, saying, where is your God? Have, has he forgotten you? And it would appear that the loss that he feels in this life has brought him to a place of rejection and bewilderment. And we see here, it's, it's not just the sources, but there seems to be stages to bring on this discouragement and depression within him. He says, why? Why are you downcast, O my soul? The, the first stage of spiritual discouragement or depression is a, a total dejection. He talks about being in severe thirst when he says, my soul is dying of thirst for your presence. Have any of you ever been there? So desperate are you to be in the presence of the Lord, you feel as if you're dehydrated spiritually and you long for him. 
Oftentimes in moments like that, he said, man, it's been a long time since I've been filled with your spirit, or it's been a long time since I felt comforted by you, or it's been a long time since I felt the emotional embrace of your Holy Spirit within my life. And as a result of that, my spirit is really, really dry. I know intellectually, I know in my head that you were there. I know that in my head, but I remain committed to you and I remain a priority to you and I will follow you, but I need, and I, I put this term down, I need a honeymoon in your spirit. I need to feel the embrace of the Holy Spirit one more time, whispering into my soul how much he loves me and me telling him how much I love him as I engage with him in that level again. Lord, we need a honeymoon in your spirit. Have you ever felt that way in your walk with the Lord? Sometimes we feel dejected because we've lost touch. The second stage of depression for him was that he was just ravaged by sorrows. He said, my tears have been my food night and day. While men say to me all the day long, where is your God? My tears have been my food. Listen, there is value for all of us in weeping. I know many of us guys grew up in a, in a day and age where generally it was our fathers that said real men don't cry. Can I just tell you that's a fallacy? There is, there is benefit to us, particularly in the presence of the Lord. And just standing before him and weeping, there's a cleansing that comes to our spirit when we can cry some things out in his presence. The psalmist is saying, this has been my food. This has been my, my condition day and night. I, I can't even sleep at night, Lord. I just weep because I so desperately miss you and I'm so sorrowful about it. In fact, I love the fact that in these two chapters, there are ten times where the term why is used. Aren't you glad God's not afraid of your questions? Why have you forgotten me? Why must I mourn? Why am I oppressed? We ask, Lord, why is this happening to me? And then our mind begins to wander from that place where we ask the why questions to a, think, to a place of thinking he doesn't care about us. Dr. George Wood mentions, the theology of Scripture says God always comes to bat in the bottom of the ninth inning. There have been a number of times I'm saying, God, why don't you come to bat in the third inning? Why can't you lead off the game with the game-winning home run? Why do you always have to wait until the bottom of the ninth? Must be something in that that's a lesson for us. But he says, no matter how far behind we feel in our emotional life, God will always have the last crack of the bat in our lives. So say, okay, so the psalmist is discouraged, he's depressed. This has been a really encouraging message, Pastor Doug. How are you going to wrap this up? I want to tell you how to be rescued from discouragement. The first thing that you need to do is you need to learn to talk to yourself and not listen to your feelings. You need to learn to talk to yourself and not listen to your feelings. Here's what I mean. In Psalm 42, verses 3 through 6, it says, My tears have been my food day and night while men say to me all the day long, Where's your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitudes, leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. 
Why are you so downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you. He's downcast. He's disappointed, full of despair. And what, what, what is the question that he begins to ask himself? What do I need to do to get out of this? The first thing you need to do is pour out your soul, the psalmist said. The very first verse talks about pouring out your soul to the Lord. I have a visual aid today. thought about that this morning. Because you see, the weight of the world begins to just dribble into your life. Things start out as little issues, and then they get a little bit bigger and bigger and bigger. And the next thing you know, you're carrying around quite a large amount of burden and care. And you can handle it on your own for just a little while, and then you begin to tremble under the weight of what you're carrying. And the weight of that begins to weigh you down, and you're no longer as flexible or, or as mobile as you could be because of the weight of everything that's been being poured into your life from outside, and you're wondering, what am I going to do? And the discouragement comes, and the depression comes, and you're battling, and it gets heavier and heavier. And the Lord says, here's the first thing you do. Pour it out. Pour it out. Pour out your soul. I want you to notice the scripture doesn't say, take a dripper. <laughs> Dribble it out. This indicates to me that there is an action of our spirit that we can take as it relates to our interaction with God that says, Lord, I'm tired of carrying this around. I am pouring this out. My soul will be emptied and clean. I'm not carrying that any longer. I'm giving it to you. I'm casting my cares on you because you care for me. Pour out your soul before the Lord. And some of you have been struggling under the weight of discouragement, under the weight of depression, and the Spirit says, give it to me. Pour it out on me, and I will take care of you. I find it interesting that the Scripture never tells us to ignore our feelings. That if I trust God just enough, these feelings will disappear. Or that I didn't really have those thoughts. No, the psalmist is saying, I am acknowledging what I feel, but my response to my feelings is going to be that I'm going to pour out these burdens on the Lord. I will respond to my feelings by an action of obedience to the Lord. There is a healthy place, and this altar is one of them, where you can pour out the things that have been burdening your life and pour them upon the Spirit of the Lord. Empty yourself of all of these things, and that is at the altar of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you pour them out, you can breathe deeper. The second thing he says is pour out your soul, and then he says, and then speak to yourself. The psalmist says, have some self-dialogue. By the way, it's okay to talk to yourself. We're normal. Notice when he says in Scripture, why so downcast, O oh my soul? I want you to know that the psalmist is not praying to God with those words. In fact, he's not even speaking to us, the readers. He's talking to himself. He's, he's, he's speaking to himself. It's okay to talk to yourself. In fact, this is the very essence of you and I learning to address anything that we face that causes us discouragement is coming face to face with it within our own life and rather than listening to our feelings, we begin to talk to ourselves about the truth of God. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones says this, 
This passage is for the Christian who is unhappy, feels heavy burdens weighing them down, cannot escape the feelings of despair. A depressed Christian is not a contradiction of terms. It is a reality that the church must learn to address with the hope-filled truth of Scriptures. It matters not whether you are an extrovert or an introvert, both with their tendencies to overanalyze oneself, which leads to a weariness and dejection. His challenge is to get to know yourself and understand the personal triggers. The Christian must be aware of this so as to readily push back against the devil. The enemy cannot control the Christian, but he can and will exaggerate every circumstance you face to make you discouraged by it. The psalmist in turn encourages two things. Speak the word of truth to yourself. It's time for you to preach to yourself. When you're feeling discouraged and down and you're feeling as if you can't break through, preach to yourself. Grab a hold of your word and say, this is what God says. Now listen, we just saw in that video at the beginning of this thing, you can't preach truth to yourself if you don't know what truth is. If you don't know what the scripture says, then you don't know the promises that you need to quote. But there is a truth that we can understand in his word, and sometimes you have to preach to your feelings and tell them, you will not rule me. The word of God alone will direct me and guide me in this. So many of you are in discouragement today because you've allowed your circumstances to yell at you and you need to preach back at them. And remind them who God is and what He has done and what He is doing and what He has pledged to do. And in defiance at times, the psalmist declared, I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. I will not let this discouragement ruin me. I will not let it take me down. I will praise Him. Sometimes you have to give a sacrifice of praise, even when you don't feel like it. When you listen to your heart, your heart will always make you panic. Oh, my goodness, things are never going to get better. Oh, oh, my word, what if this happens or that happens? Some of you are experts at running to the worst-case scenario right from the very beginning. And in the middle of that, the Lord says, preach the word to yourself. He says, tell yourself what you know about God. For those of you that have lived for the Lord in any length of time, give yourself a testimony about what he's done in the past. Some of you are living today because of the testimony of Jesus Christ. Remind him and then tell your feelings what God has planned for you and the promises that he has for you. This isn't listening to your heart. This is speaking the truth to your heart. So pour out your soul. Secondly, talk to yourself, preach to yourself. And lastly, worship team, if you'd please come. Reorder your hopes. Reorder your hopes. The psalmist said, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him. He is redirecting what he is putting his hope in. And then we have another psalm that's found in Psalm 103, verse 2. It says, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives your sins. I'm saved today because he forgave my sins. How about you? How many of you know today that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life? He says, of all things to rejoice about, this is the greatest. He goes on from there and says, he heals all your diseases. How many of you have experienced the healing power of God in your life? Let me see your hand. Sometimes you have to remind yourself of that. Look what he's done. 
who redeems your life from the pit. Some of you have been in the mire of the pit for so long. It's time that you lift up your hands and let him pull you out of the pit and put a crown on your head and remind you of who you are in him. You've been living in the mud too long. Speak to yourself and let him give you a crown of love and compassion. As Christians, we know this. When I think about my salvation, being forgiven of my sins, then I don't dwell on the past that Satan constantly wants to try to haunt me with. When I think about my sanctification, then I realize that God's Holy Spirit can change me and I will no longer feel like a hopeless case because he loved me enough to redeem me. When I think about my adoption into the family of God, I realize that God does not love me the way a father looks for perfection in his child. And he doesn't abandon me when I've made a mistake, but he redeems me again and again and again and again because he is a loving father. And when I think about my future resurrection, I am not afraid of aging and I'm not afraid of dying because I know the hope that God has given to us. I'm going to ask that you would stand with me this morning. I want you to reorder your hopes, talk to yourself, pour out your soul. The way we're going to do that today is we, we move the seats back a little bit today. Some of you need to enter into worship in a different level today. Some of you need to come in the middle of your discouragement and in the middle of your heartache and in the middle of your burdens and say, I will no longer let those feelings rule me. I'm going to preach to them in song today.